Yes. Okay, so today in the studio we have, and a- Andrew, uh, t- t- tell the people at home in the cheap seats uh, who you are and uh, why you're here. I am here to drink Schwartz beer. <laughs> That's amongst other things, but yes, I am. I am Andrew Migliori. Um, I'm the uh, founder and original director of the HP Lovecraft Film Festival and CthulhuCon here in Portland. Yay! And um, yeah, I'm here to talk about a a film that I just completed with some friends called The Last Incantation, and it's a Clark Ashton Smith short story that's been adapted. Cool, cool. So you were just telling me a little bit about uh, what you were what you know how it came to be and um like how how did this all start how i mean how, how did the whole like clark ashton smith how did you run across where what's your first uh meeting of clark ashton smith oh well those are two different questions and i can answer both fortunately yes. so the like one is uh you know why this project uh and clark ashton smith and uh i've got to give a big uh thanks to uh scott connors and uh ron hilger who put together the edited works of clark ashton smith on a, a multiple volume set i think it's five volumes mm-hmm. from nightshade books and um i don't know what it was 12 years ago i can't remember it's been so long and the you know the the hazy past um where scott gave me one of the first volumes of uh, clark ashton smith and i was looking through it and i you know i think the third or fourth story in was the last incantation and i read it and i kept thinking to myself as a you know filmmaker or film buff i was thinking wow this is a great moody uh piece that uh you know kind of you know, it's a cautionary tale on old age and how you change. And it only required really maybe two actors, three at most, mm-hmm. one set. And so as a you know low-budget filmmaker, that's really, really appealing. And um, so after I read that story, I kept, you know, saying, oh, I should make this. I should make this. And so I finally sat down. I guess it was 10 years ago. Sat down, did a, you know, a, a very light screen treatment of it. And I had very much in mind how I was going to do it. Um, and it just sat on my shelf for, for a long time. And then fortunately, uh, Woodruff Laputka, who was a filmmaker from the HP Lovecraft Film Festival. In fact, the funny story is when he was 14, he submitted a, a very short film and it was the first film, um, that he ever got accepted to a film festival. And, and, you know, my attitude is if it's got heart and it's really short, you're more likely to get into the film festival because, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's really, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's intent. And people can forgive short, you know, really, really short films, right? So it was a, you know, a fine little piece for what it was. And uh, I guess that affected him. He went on to become a filmmaker. And he, he, he's told me often that he said that really influenced him. And we were having beers at Stamptish um, one day when he was visiting in town. And, uh, you know, we were talking about film projects. And I happened to bring this up. And I said, oh, by the way, I have a script. And he said, "Really, tell me more about it." So I, I said, "It's it's this it's a necromancer. It's it's Malagris, and he's gonna bring his lost love back from the dead, and it, things don't quite turn out the way they did." So he was interested. Red, he goes, "This is great. We can totally do this." And with his encouragement, we pulled together uh, a crew. We 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 thought about it. Uh, Tebin Dean is the director of photographer uh, on the on the project, and. Uh, 
did a fantastic job. Rob Taylor, also local Portland, uh, was the art director. And it was really the four of us who basically said, let's do it. We got it done. And, uh, you know, maybe the rest is history. Cool. Very cool. I'm excited to uh, excited to see more about this, for sure. For sure. So um, how, how did you get into Clark Ashton Smith? When were you first introduced to... Clark Ashton Smith. Oh, it was really, I, I, you know, I, I used to have some of the old original Weird Tales pulp, you know, books. But I think like most people, um, it was through anthologies. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I got introduced to H.P. Lovecraft, really, even though I lived in Rhode Island. Um, really, uh, the you know, the, it's, it's usually the anthologies that, that you would see one or two stories and you go, wow, this is, this is interesting. And you end up after reading some of the, uh, those, those old weird tale, old tale authors, um, and, you know, especially Lovecraft, which is cosmic horror, you, you know, they started standing out to me and I really, they really resonated. I just, I, I liked it. I, I think Clark Ashton Smith is really kind of different from Lovecraft in the sense that, um, He's much more fantastical. Uh, there's more fantasy elements. There's more visual amazingness. I don't know. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, it makes it even more unfilmable than yeah. Lovecraft. And yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. No, no, no. I was uh, recently talking to Ken Height about uh, the differences between H.P. Lovecraft and Clark Ashton Smith. And one is that copying H.P. Lovecraft is easy but hard and copying uh clark ashton smith is just like impossible like even like like good copies of clark ashton smith are like just not good (laughs) well yeah i mean again i think his uh his visuals and his use of language yeah uh you know Lovecraft would go, it, it was too horrible to pen, you know, as I looked at the darkness, I saw the, the, you know, scratch marks on the door, you know, that kind of uh, fade to black and leaving it to the imagination of the reader, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and so that, that element, actually, I really like because um, I think if you're too, especially in horror, if you're too, too on the nail, it kind of, you know, it doesn't leave anything for the imagination. Sure. Uh, I, I've often had this argument with filmmakers, including Stuart Gordon and John Carpenter <laughs> and others, about like if you show too much, mm-hmm. then then it's not the fear of the unknown, right? Yeah. Fear of the unknown is really it, it's that unknown, not knowing exactly what it is. And you know, the problem with being a filmmaker is that you're really trying to visualize. Um, you know what you know if you're adapting a literary piece or whatever it's a visual medium so you really visuals are huge right mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. but i always argue you can show reactions you can show the actor and how they react to the horror you don't have to show the horror because if you linger on it too much then it devolves into paper mache and rubber monsters that you can you can discern or cgi mm-hmm, especially mm-hmm. you know a lot of people rely too much on cgi and the flies, the flies are everywhere. <laughs> um, they're after the Schwartz beer, oh, which yeah. is very good, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> when I'm in DB's basement, I drink Schwartz beer. Yes, Schwartz beer by DB. Thank you. Um, so it's all that and more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. So, but Clark Ashton Smith is really, uh, uh, you know, 
just not it's an untapped resource and i'm yeah. i'm hoping with my modest uh, effort with uh, you know my crew and us um, that that we can bring Clark Ashen Smith to the screen and do more than one project you know we we're hoping to do uh, hopefully a trilogy of films that we can put together kind of a like you know as a feature nice nice no it's it's definitely always great to see like other weird fiction and fantasy authors connected with Lovecraft get the love that you know it's like HP gets a lot of love, and I, I think Smith, who's like, honestly, in my opinion, and I, 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 I'm not very shy about this opinion, just better than Lovecraft. In my opinion, I've always felt like Smith is just like a much better kind of everything than Lovecraft, except for maybe, I don't know, maybe... I don't know. He wasn't as good at being a racist. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Well, you know, uh, and and poetry. I think Smith was better at probably poetry. Definitely. Well, so, yeah. Well, you know, uh, it's different, right? I mean, like, I I think Lovecraft really, to me, like at least for me, exposed the uh, the the whole concept of cosmic horror. Sure. Right? And, yeah. And and I I think that's what really resonates. And you know, yeah, you know, there's there's some racist elements in his stories for sure. Mm-hmm. And you know. Uh, he evolved over time and never overcame quite his racism. That's all true. Um, but I, you know, and, and, you know, I, that, and, um, you know, the film festival, it's not mm-hmm. about that. It's really, oh, yeah. it's about, really. you know, it's man's orientation to the cosmos. It's, you know, it, it is, uh, I think Fritz Lieber said that, you know, Lovecraft was the Copernicus, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the changing the orientation of how, um, you know, man was interpreted in, in horror fiction. And I, I think, Especially in modern times, I think Lovecraft resonates because of that. You know, things are feel like out of our control. There's so much going on. We are insignificant mm-hmm. to the, oh, yeah. the oh, yeah. yawning abyss, right? And um, that has some appeal. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clark was funny, too, because, you know, he was also a sculptor. I mean, he was, like, you know, did many, many things. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, sculpting poetry and he really got into i guess the you know the whole weird tale shtick and i don't mean shtick in a bad way but in in the in the the mid-20s 20 i think 1925 and sure him and howard uh howard and howard right and and clark you know um were all major authors uh, Mm -hmm. that appeared in the, the pages of weird tales Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no. Great stuff. Great stuff. I I hope someday that uh, Clark Ashton Smith gets his own film festival somewhere. Um, Yeah. Well, always welcome at the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival, obviously. Uh, You know, it's 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 really about weird tales and cosmic horror. Um, Yeah. You know, I I, I'm hoping more people will try to adapt. It's challenging, though. Right. It's always challenging. But I, I, you know. All right. Again. Uh, maybe I'll be a little controversial here. Oh sure. Is although I've been fascinated over the over 24 years of the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival history of seeing different attempts at adapting, sometimes too shla- slavishly, sometimes as a springboard. Things like you know Pickman's model and um, the music of Eric Zahn. Mm-hmm. But I I I strongly believe, and I don't think I believed this at the very beginning of the history of the film festival, but Later on, like you really need to use it as a vehicle for your own creations. Do something new from it. Sure. That's what the Lovecraft circle of authors were doing, right? Mm-hmm. They were adding, mm-hmm. they were extending, they were doing their own thing. 
but if you just keep going over the same ground it does like you know you know how many pikmin models do we actually need yeah. is it a fun story yes absolutely but i would like to see s some new territory sure. covered or using some of the elements in a new way mm -hmm. that's what makes it interesting and and it continues the life of the whole uh genre if you would you would say so yeah no definitely definitely i i i, I I, I agree. I agree. And I have to say, I, I really have to thank you once again for creating the HP Lovecraft Film Festival. I started going in 2004, I believe. And one of my favorite parts has always been like kind of the branch off part, the Cthulhu Con, the, uh, the panels. And that's, that's uh, one definitely thing that I've, I've always been like, all right, when, uh, at one point in time, there'd start being these panels in the upper theaters. And it'd be like, does horror belong in comedy? It was like one of the first ones I went to. And it was just great. We just sat and listened to various journalists and writers talk about horror and comedy. And it was amazing. It's like, this is great. This is like, man, I wish someone would do something where like, oh man i wish there was a podcast like this so. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> exactly yeah no that's really yeah really cool and and i'm always uh uh i don't know humbled and honored uh when people thank me um i'm just very grateful of other people as well aaron vanek uh brian and gwen callahan mm -hmm. who have you know they helped continue the tradition over time um, and it's still going on strong, which is, which, which is fantastic, right? Yeah. I, I, you know, I really started the festival kind of as an extension of watching films in my basement. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, when you come over, you, you'll see my basement. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's fun for all. I have old movie posters, but I used to show various films, especially Weird Tales, that I f I'd find on, you know, v VHS back in the day mm -hmm. and, and DVD. And, um... It, the festival was like you know you're it's like you're in my basement and we're all friends you know getting together to watch some films and and to talk about it um it it, it is as linda my wife had said in the past uh, the film festival was like the biggest and largest uh dysfunctional family reunion and yeah. like you know able all to get together you know on an annual basis you you know you have you know, Christians arguing with Satanists, but in a gleeful manner about cosmic oh, yeah. horror. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, there's all the different, uh, you know, what you would think would be, uh, you know, diametrically opposed factions, but they're all together for this common reason. And, and, uh, that, that's kind of cool. It really is. Oh yeah. No, I remember one year I went with my brother and he's like, Oh wow, this is really cool. He's like, Hey, how come everyone kind of looks the same? I'm like, no, everyone doesn't look the same. See this group over here, these people, these people, uh, those those are all like game designers. He's like, how can you tell? They're all wearing Hawaiian shirts. They're all about like forty-five to sixty-five years old. They all have glasses. There's Ken Height right there, <laughs> <laughs> and and these guys are all in suits. Those are all filmmakers. They've got nice suits on. They're all dressed up really nice. They're gonna stand up on the stage afterwards and tell you why you know. The movie was this and that and why you should really appreciate it and not just run outside and smoke a cigarette right away. <laughs> and, and who is that group in the corner wearing the capes and the, and the hoods with these ritualistic daggers in their hands? Yeah. Who are they? You don't need to worry about them. <laughs> <laughs>
yeah. Oh, yeah. No, many, many good years. I've met some of my best friends through the festival, too, so it's, it's, been, it's been quite amazing over the years. Oh, yeah. No, no, I definitely have to say I have met some really nice people and kind of like some of my best guests on the show just met at the festival and was like, oh, hey, uh, you with the beard, come on my show. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you keep, you know, offering beer to them, then, yeah, I'm sure oh, yeah. you'll get yeah. more and more people. Yeah, definitely. Good. Um, yeah. So, you know, have you made films yourself? Uh, let's see. I've I've made like some like with my camera, uh, with my uh, cell phone, like 2008 and 2009 HPL Film Festival, like one and a half, two minute long, like. Uh, here I am, D.B. Spitzer, or Rev Dano at the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival. Here I am with Adam Scott Glancy from Pagan Publishing. Here I am with Sean Bernie from, you know, yeah. All right, Paul, Finn, and Neil at yogsofthoth.com, back to you. <laughs> you know, and it's like, they were all really nice to post this, like, stuff that I did with just my cell phone and edited with, like, an old Apple and stuff, and... <laughs> Right, so you should do an adaptation of Clark Ashton Smith. <laughs> Definitely one with Sathagua. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, your your basement here is perfect. You know, you you practically have sea green foam walls, which would it could be like a green screen. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I can see it right now. It just needs a little bit more work. Yeah. No. No. And. Uh... I, I think uh, not just me, but everyone out there needs to start making some films based off of the work of Clark Ashton Smith. And so, uh, what? Uh, how 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 long did it take you to make this? Um, well, that's a f- well. <laughs> it depends on where you measure it. I mean, the, uh-huh. like I said, the screenplay was more than ten years ago. I then finally decided. I mean, I guess it was back in. Uh, about a year ago. Okay. Uh, um, started in earnest, and the first thing I I did was well, I want to look up Jack Donner. Um, I called up Jack Donner, who was um, the actor in Brian Moore's Cool Air, um, which uh, uh, you know is, is is a really solid short film, and Jack Donner's performance is great. I mean, I've met Jack many times before, and. Um, I I've been with him on on set where you know he can cry on demand. <laughs> he's like amazing. He's really like an old time, uh, you know, real real actor. And uh, I called him up. And he said sure. And so I went down to Frank Woodward's uh, birthday in L.A. and I was gonna have breakfast with Jack. He had looked at the script. He was like on board. And then he got pneumonia. And so uh, then I said, okay, well, I need to do plan B. Like, who am I going to get? And uh, so I started, uh, you know, in the next following months, the, you know, November, December, January, looking for some alternative, you know, actors that would, would have the gravitas. I was hoping looking for someone who have, might have a name. You know, so I, you know, after 24 years of the, the film festival, I thought I'd be able to call in and see if I can get some, um, you know, make some connections, and I got a little bit of the Hollywood treatment. Um, not too surprising, um, you know, where no one wants to say no, <laughs> but no one's gonna say yes either. So I end up like uh, recruiting using online acting services. Found some, you know, in, in Portland people that were in, in the TV show Grimm, <laughs> and um, but what we ended up finding, uh, Brian Hutton up in Alaska. Um, 
uh, Woodruff phoned him. He was an actor. Uh, he turned out to be fantastic. Nice. Uh, and so he really looks the part. Um, if you if you go to Kickstarter and, and look for the last incantation, um, you can see Brian in all his glory yeah. and, his, and his full beard and 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 uh, you know some prosthetics and stuff. But uh, he he looks great. He did a fantastic job acting. So that was a lucky. I mean. I'll say I feel like I feel very fortunate is is what I would say because you know it, you have to have the right actor to pull off that kind of role, um, and then we had the two other um, roles we, we we cast a local woman for uh, Melissa uh, as the actress and then we had the third actor was really uh, the demon familiar. Now in the story, um, the the demon is a serpent like who lives inside of a unicorn's head. Well. You know, that's, you know, it's like, I, I did think about like, well, maybe we can get a python or, you know, or, you know, boa constrictor or something. And, but then, you know, then you have to get, you know, you know, a pet wrangler and, you know, have the you know, snake perform. And it just seemed really harder to do. So we ended up, um, you know, and thank goodness, uh, uh, Rob Taylor, uh, we were able to get a puppet he did on uh, a movie called Neil Stryker. And, um, we did some modifications to it, but we ended up uh, going to Pax and Best, and they gave, they lent us, I should say, they lent us a bell jar, a giant bell jar, which is really hard to find, by the way. I mean, I looked all over the United States. I was yeah. looking online. I went called glass companies. Like finding a, a large, like bell container was at least for me difficult. Was fortunate. We had one in Portland. Uh, they lent it to us. So we ended up like trying to figure out like how are we gonna do this? How are we gonna pull this off? And uh, Rob's brother was there and he said, I just saw a shape, you know, uh, I think a shape of water, um, with, you know, by, uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro. And he says, yeah, we can, you know, we can do smoke. And of course I had th thought about doing that for the temple, the old fashioned, like put the sub in smoke to make an underwater effect. And so we browed actually Brian Callahan's fog machine. We, uh, made a little cardboard, uh, you know, bottom, the, puppet operator would stick his hand up and we'd stick the the, the end of the uh, uh you know we manufactured a little pipe and we blew in smoke into the uh into the bell jar and so the 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 swirling smoke around this uh, this uh, little oh, wow. creature uh was really cool looking and actually it played pretty well with the light now the problem of course is just like you're doing take after take so you have to like all right fill it up with with uh, you know the 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 smoke and and it will dissipate after a while so you, you have to keep doing that and so sometimes like in the cutting room you have problem you know matching or or getting enough of it in there so you know uh we did a pretty good job uh, of doing that but uh that little puppet was able to emote uh you know the uh, the eye was on a like on a, a a rubber glove with one with the eye uh, glued on the end of a uh, index finger mm -hmm. and then stuck up into the puppet. And so part of the hand was used to move the mouth and then one finger was doing the eye. And what we did, and this is just for simplicity, we just sewed the other eye shut. And so the demon is kind of tied up in rope and in this jar all crunched and very uncomfortable. Like uh -huh. the demon is not happy to be there, right? And so, you know, he's bit sarcastic and so when Malgris says can I bring back Melissa from the dead he goes oh yes you know all things master you can do whatever you want you know only you can say right and um so that worked out pretty well so um the the funny thing um was like 
it was the set designing. So when Rob and Woodruff and, and uh, Tevin and I were sitting around trying to figure out how to do this, my idea was, well, I have all this IKEA bookshelves in my basement. Uh, I am a, unfortunately, a, um, I almost say a war game hoarder. I have like, um, I have like 500 board games uh, dealing with various uh, conflicts. So, you know, giant maps with counters, and it takes me months, and if not years, to play these games. And, uh, you know, I think Scott Glancy would approve. Um, but anyway, I had all these things. So I said, well, what we can do is we can use these in different configurations. So we took two of the IKEA bookshelves, stood them on top of each other, and now we call them, you know, these are the, 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 the tall boys for the, the, the bookshelves. And then we had two that were scrap. We put one on a set of legs on a table, manufacturing the legs out of scrap wood from the uh, Reclamation Center uh, here in North Mississippi. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They were great. So there was a lot of, you know, we went through there and we'd find scraps. And so all we did was we'd, we'd add like molding on the outside of these ikea bookshelves with little penny nails but on camera they look like these are old bookshelves it was fantastic mm -hmm. and then um you know we did the classic thing with uh to fill the bookshelves up you know a lot of it's foam core and xeroxed uh books that we you just took the paper and we bulged them out a bit to make the spines of the book but on camera and 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 slightly darkened environment it looks really great. I was nice. very happy with the, the results. So it's all Ikea furniture. Now, of course, if you see it, you're going to say, I know that's Ikea. I can tell now. But um, <laughs> we really went and tried to like change the configuration. We, we, we moved shelf, shelf pieces and things like that to change it up and make it look a little bit different and then added molding around it. Cool. But uh, yeah, so ended up having to get a U-Haul, took all my furniture out of my basement and put it in there. Um, we ended up buying a, a throne chair that, and then painting it. And then, oh, you should have seen my backyard. It was amazing. We had piles of, and I don't know where Rob got these, but like, uh, piles of, of antlers from different animals, uh, carcasses. I mean, all sorts of weird, oh, wow. weird stuff, uh, to decorate around the throne and around the, the, um, you know, the set. And so... You know, we had been watching True Detective and uh, really liked some of the sensibility of the king in yellow concept. And so if you look at the throne, hopefully, especially when they, we pull back and you can see more of the throne, you'll, you'll see this, this large, uh, like almost arms outraised with uh, this antler head. And then on the, on the chair itself, there's skulls of his vanquished enemies. Oh, wow. Uh, cool. Yeah, it, 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 it kind of invokes that, that grandeur. Um, and you know, I, I, hats off to Woodruff. I got to really say like, um, some of the shots we were doing, he, he was much more, um, I guess confident and bold. Like I would have gotten the shot, but I wouldn't have done some of the things that we did in the film. Um, like for example, if you watch the film, um, there is an overhead circular shot. <laughs> so like the camera's rotating at, you know at 360 degrees mm -hmm. from above and so uh doing all that that was you know tricky and i you know that's the kind of thing that i would have probably said nah, not you know we don't need to do that but um those little touches i think um really help add a lot to the film and uh and, and i'm sure you're gonna love it I yeah mean, yeah no uh, definitely yeah. definitely i'm excited and i'm definitely excited to uh check it out yeah um, I totally forgot what I was going to 
ask next? <laughs> is uh, this is this is through uh, Lurker Films? Yeah, oh. Lurker Films is the production company. Yeah, uh, and, and uh, is is this the first? I mean, uh, has has Lurker Films produced any major films before this, or? Whatever. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we did other smaller films, um, you know, worked with Aaron Vanek on Return to Innsmouth, did my version of From Beyond. So there's a bunch of little films. And then, of course, it did the multi-volume H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival collection, or excuse me, the, the H.P. Lovecraft collection, and then mm-hmm, the Weird mm-hmm. Tale collection, the Edgar Allan Poe collection. Um, and so all those uh, things. But I, I, I basically retired, you know, from it. Uh, went back to the real world and uh, you know turned a lot of that kind of lurker film stuff over to Brian and Gwen and so they've been continuing the DVD tradition um, that lurker films was doing Um, so this is the first time Uh, exciting uh, development on it is um, I've been talking to some other filmmakers uh, for example John Stryzak who did one of the earliest known I think it is the first adaptation of the music of Eric Zahn. Um, he has uh, his uh, adaptation of uh, the Hunger Artist, mm-hmm. so that's another you know weird weird tale like story. And um, uh, we got some others lined up too. So it's it, it's looking like it's going to shape up to be a, a, another weird tale collection. So, nice. Yeah. Nice. It'd be cool. Always excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. Who isn't? Let me, who 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 is it? I don't I don't know. Bad people. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else that people should know? Um, I'm, Kickstarter's going to be in the show notes for sure for this and any other information. But anything else that you think people should definitely know about this? Um, yeah, well, we are going to be premiering at the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival. Um, I'm very happy to announce that Reber Clark is composing the original uh, music for it. Nice. Um, yeah, so it's it's a it's a it's a great collaboration. I hope everyone enjoys it. You know, it, it's like a baby in a way. Like you you know you you hope, and then it comes out, and it is what it is. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like, like how I might have first originally uh, conceived in my mind how it might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it became better, you know, because of collaboration. And uh, and I, I hope everyone can see the the, the love we put into it because um, I, I I'm I'm pretty proud of it. I think we did a really good job on a limited budget on a tight uh, schedule. We we filmed it at a um, you know a green screen studio here in Portland called Stage 13, and uh, that's right across from the Crystal uh, Ballroom. Um, and uh, I think uh, it's going to be worth it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So come to the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival in sure. October and uh, say hi and, and, and take a gander. All right. Yeah. Everyone out there, do that. And I'll be there, too, probably over uh, the Hollywood Senior Center uh Telling people what You're they should that think old. about stuff. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Andrew. Yeah, thank you. Love your beer, by the way. Oh, Great. thank you. Thank yeah. you. And yeah, no, uh, guests of People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos and Black Clock Audio Tales receive free beer, which is, I guess, pretty good. So, hey. <laughs>